Hello all, my name is Brittany and this is the Exposing Grief Podcast where I continue to remove that stigma of grief and expose it for what it truly is, which is that natural and healthy way of living and loving. I'll also be adding a little bit of a twist. So this podcast will expose the work behind honoring your grief journey, showing you the real hardships and the unbelievable beauty that grief can bring. I'm thrilled to have you here. So let's get to ending the grief stigma and beginning to build hope. Hello, all my wonderful Exposing Grief listeners. Welcome to the new year of 2023. I hope your holiday season, if you celebrate, was bright and merry. And if not, that is okay too. I hope you were able to navigate it in whatever way felt appropriate for you, whether you're walking a grief journey or you have other stressors going on. I know the holidays can bring a lot of mixed emotions, so I hope you were able to navigate that in a way that felt true to you. You were able to set boundaries, maybe take some of the resources that have been given to you through this podcast over the last couple of months, but I'm glad you are here with us and I'm ho- I hope that you're ready to take on the new year, whatever that means for you. So as we go into the new year, I want to talk about anticipatory grief. This is something that's encountered quite a bit, and yet we don't talk about it enough. So I want to talk about what anticipatory grief is, how it shows up, why it's there, what we do with it, all of that, and it's actually going to lead into my series for January. So let's first kick it off with talking about some of the most common things I will hear when people are experiencing anticipatory grief or when they've encountered anticipatory grief, whether they know it or not. And I'm curious if some of these resonate with you, if either you have heard them yourself or you yourself have had these thoughts. So some of the most common phrases I will hear, how long after their passing can I start therapy or start seeking support? I know I shouldn't be sad and should just enjoy the time I have left with them. It's weird. They're still here, but it's like they're gone. I don't want to be morbid and talk about the end with them. Now, I realize there are probably a bunch of other different thoughts and comments and phrases and things that you have might have had yourself or have heard other people say. These are some of just the most common ones that I have encountered, whether it's people in the community, clients, myself, families of individuals, whatever it might be. So I want to address them not only to normalize them and just communicate them and say these are a real thing, these are here, but I also want to provide my responses to some of these most common thoughts or questions. So for that first one, how long after their passing can I start therapy or start seeking support? Before, during, and after. It is never too early to start seeking therapy or support around grief or any sort of battle or struggle that you are encountering. There is never too early of a time to start reaching out and asking for help in whatever form that looks like for you. I know I shouldn't be sad and just enjoy the time I have left with them. My response to that is you can do both. This is kind of the paradox of anticipatory grief. This idea of I know this could be the last time or I know this may not look the same next time. So we feel sadness around that. And yet because of that fact, we want to make sure we soak in this present moment and enjoy all the time that we have left. And that can be tricky. So we do what we call the both and. So it's this idea of allowing both emotions, both sadness and joy 
to be there at the same time. And I have different resources on that that are down below in the show notes if you want more information on what the both and is and what allowing both to be there at the same time looks like and what that means. But that is my response to that. If you get to do both, you can be sad while also enjoy the time and be in the present moment with your person, the situation, whatever it might be. For the comment of it's weird, they're still here, but it feels like they're gone. This is valid and a very natural response. This is where ambiguous loss starts to show up in anticipatory grief. Ambiguous loss are those losses that are a non-death loss. So we'll see this a lot with Alzheimer's patients, right? So it's weird. Physically, someone who is going through Alzheimer's is still physically with us. But oftentimes you'll find that mentally and emotionally, they're gone. They're not here. So this is that battle that this comment is talking about. And that is valid. That is a very valid and natural response to have to anticipatory grief. The last most common phrase I will hear is that one of, I don't want to be morbid and talk about the end with them. I want to tell you it's not morbid. It's proactive, which is exactly why I want to talk about anticipatory grief. In addition to normalizing the experience and talking about what anticipatory grief is, to highlight this piece of one of the best things we can do when navigating anticipatory grief is to talk about it. And we'll get into that a little bit. um, And then my January series will even expand on that more. So let's talk about what anticipatory grief is. This can also be referred to as anticipatory loss or preparatory grief. But it is distress that's caused by an impending loss. And I found this beautiful quote some time ago that explained it very nicely. It says, it's the experience of knowing that change is coming and experiencing bereavement in the face of that. So we know something is going to change, whether that's the death of a loved one, a change in our life transition, whatever it is, we know something is going to change. And while we anticipate that and wait for that to happen, there can be some loss and sadness and bereavement that happens in that in that time span. So part of understanding what anticipatory grief is, is also understanding how it can develop. So one of the most common ways we will see anticipatory grief surface is with a diagnosis or a prognosis of a de- degenerative disease. So this is going to be like I had already mentioned Alzheimer's, dementia. It's these long-term diseases that we can see taking its effect that carry a lot of anticipatory grief. Also a diagnosis or progression of a terminal illness. We might also see anticipatory grief in end-of-life care. Also anticipating the death of a pet. Anticipatory grief can definitely be there with a pet. The pet, the loss of a pet is very similar to the death of a loved one in a sense of we experience very similar grief processes. And I will put the link to my podcast where I talk about that of the death of my own childhood dog, the parallels I make between my experience and what someone experiences as losing the death of a loved one. I have that link down there below. You might also experience anticipatory grief with amputation, uh, waiting for an organ transplant, knowing, okay, we're on the list and just anticipating to get that call, right? There can be some grief and loss around that, grief and loss around will it ever happen, grief and loss around that this is even a reality, that I have to wait for the call. We might also have anticipatory grief around the loss of a job or beginning a new job. So these are hitting more on these ambiguous loss 
thesis or entering a new phase or a new stage of life. So if you are headed off to college, it can be very, very exciting, right? This both and it can be very exciting. And there also can be some sadness and possibly grief of leaving your childhood home, leaving everything that you know, whatever it might be. Empty nesters may also experience some anticipatory grief. So again, these are just examples of how anticipatory grief can develop. There are many others out there, but I want you to take a minute and just think about any of these examples. Do they resonate with you? Is this your situation right now? Or is it maybe inspiring you to find something, oh, actually, this might be something in my life that there might be some anticipatory grief around that maybe I didn't have a name or a term for before. One of the biggest questions I'll get is when does anticipatory grief show up? So typically it's before the actual loss, whether a common loss, which is the death of a loved one, or those ambiguous losses, becoming an empty nester, going to college, changing jobs. It can also arrive during the dying process. So if someone's put in hospice or they're doing palliative care, there can be some anticipatory loss there if it hasn't already showed up. You may even experience anticipatory grief as early as learning of the diagnosis. The minute we get a diagnosis, even if there's no impact that's happened or occurred yet, that anticipatory grief could start right in that moment grief of the healthy lifestyle we used to have or the happy marriage we used to have if we're learning of getting served with divorce papers, right? That anticipatory grief might start right there. So it can start as early as learning of the change, whatever that change is, a diagnosis, a new job, getting a divorce, whatever that might be, that anticipatory grief can show up right away. We know we kind of have a working definition of what anticipatory grief is. We know when it arrives, typically, and keep in mind, too, when it arrives, the symptoms that we're going to talk about here, all of that kind of stuff is going to look different from person to person. These are just the most common experiences that people have encountered. But please know, as with any sort of grief experience, if yours looks different, that is okay. Anticipatory grief is similar to common loss and conventional grief in the sense of There is no right or wrong way to do it. Just listen to what is showing up for you and what feels true for you and follow that. So let's talk about some of these anticipatory grief symptoms. How does it show up? What does it look like when it's there? How does it manifest? It's very similar to the symptoms of conventional grief, which is the grief that we experience after we lose a loved one. So a range of emotions can be experienced with anticipatory grief. Anything from anger or irritability, sadness, guilt, dread, longing. So all of these symptoms sound very similar to those of conventional grief, the grief that we experience after the loss has happened. Where they differ is how they manifest. And that is really going to be the symptoms can manifest before the loss even occurs. Whereas with conventional grief, the symptoms manifest after the loss has happened. So that the difference is, I know you're probably thinking, well, like, okay, if I lost someone from cancer, I knew they had the diagnosis, so how does that change? So anticipatory grief, those symptoms might show up, like I said, as early as learning of the diagnosis. For conventional grief, when the symptoms show up after the loss, that's going to be more around those sudden losses. We didn't see it coming, right? So car accidents, acts of violence, that kind of stuff, that might be where the symptoms show up after the loss has happened. 
So when our anticipatory grief is there, regardless of when it showed up and how it's showing up, what symptoms we have, we want to know how do we cope with it? Let's talk about it. So there are a couple, I, I kind of broke it down into two different categories. So you've got a category of you can cope with it on your own and you can cope with it with some guidance or both, whatever you want to do, but we're going to talk about both. So one of the best ways to cope with this anticipatory grief is to have conversation, which I had mentioned at the beginning of the episode. So this is going to be talking about your present moment, and it's also going to be talking about the future. I do have a blog for this month, and I put the link in the show notes below that gives you some different prompts, or it's an exercise of honor to ask questions to talk about the present. Right? Or these are questions that you can ask in your present moment. There's also questions that will address the future as well. The best thing we can do when talking about the future is doing some pre-planning work, which is what my January series is going to hit on. So I'm going to hold off on that for right now, but know that we will be coming back to this idea of pre-planning. Another way to cope with anticipatory grief on your own is making memories. So this is really going to be, again, being in that present moment, taking advantage of the things that you can to build those memories so you can hold on to those once your person is gone or once your situation has changed. And then also just making sure you have that individual time, that self-care. I know we preach this a lot and I know it's so hard to actually put it into execution and make it happen. So we have to be intentional about how am I feeling, doing check-ins right on ourselves and making sure we're carving out that time to take care of us, especially if we're caregivers, right? And I've got different resources below as well for these self-care things if you have further questions on that or need further guidance. So let's talk about the anticipatory grief coping skills with some guidance. So again, this pre-planning, I'll touch on that in a little bit here. Therapy, so this can be individual therapy, family therapy, or you can do group therapy. Sometimes um, clients will find that really useful because they get, they're in an environment where they can feel like other people understand them. One of the biggest things I will hear, especially around anticipatory grief, is people just don't get it. They just don't understand. So sometimes, even if you're not sharing in the group, sometimes it's nice to just be in a space with like-minded people and you can hear their stories and go, oh my gosh, yes, I thought that was just me. You feel that too? Oh, okay, great. Support groups too will also offer offer that I'm sure you're probably wondering, okay, what's the difference between a therapy group and a support group? Support groups typically are run by just a facilitator and there isn't as much of a therapy component. It's more just a space for you to vent, to process, to connect with other people, whereas a therapy group is going to be more therapeutic and it's going to be run, chances are, by a licensed, hopefully by a licensed clinician. And then also getting some resources, whether that's online resources, podcasts, blogs, There are a lot of online communities for grief as well. So those are some different things you can use to cope with anticipatory grief with some guidance so you don't feel like you have to do it on your own. Before we jump into talking about the January series, which is really highlighting this pre-planning piece, I want to just lift off 10 things for you to remember when navigating anticipatory grief. I want you to remember that anticipatory grief is not weird. It is a valid, natural human response to when we learn of a big change happening in our life. So please do not invalidate your experience. I want you to remember to acknowledge and validate your losses. I encourage you to remember to connect and utilize your support systems. 
whether that's family, friends, professional support, whatever it might be, I encourage you to utilize them. I want you to remember that anticipatory grief does not equal giving up. Because we know this change is coming and we can acknowledge and validate that does not mean we are throwing our hands up and going, oh, well, I'm not going to try anymore. That's it. No, no, no. That's not what's happening. I want you to remember to reflect on and make the most of the remaining time. I understand that this can be very, very challenging. So please allow space for both to be there. And I also want you to be able to take advantage of the time that you have left. I want you to remember to please take care of yourself. Remember, it's never too early to start grief counseling. This is a big one. Remember that experiencing relief is okay. It does not make you a bad person. It does not mean you care any less. It does not mean you weren't with them every step of the way. It is okay to experience relief. I want you to remember to move away from assumptions. And lastly, please remember to give yourself grace. So we've got all this information. We know what anticipatory grief is. We know how it shows up. We know the symptoms. We have some coping skills. You have some things to remember as you walk your anticipatory grief journey. And now I want to be able to provide you with further understanding into one of the coping skills that we haven't touched on yet, which is that pre-planning piece. So when we talk about pre-planning, this is something that you can do on your own or with some guidance or both. So when you're pre-planning on your own, you're going to be asking your loved ones, what do you want for a funeral? What are your wishes? All of that kind of stuff. When you're using the guidance of somebody, you're connecting with your funeral home staff. Most Well, I can't say most. A lot of the funeral homes here locally for me have these nice little booklets. They're a pre-planning booklet. They're totally free, but it allows the person to fill out their wishes for their funeral. What do they want? What do they don't want? All that kind of stuff. So your funeral home staff can help you with these pieces. And then it really is, and I put this in air quotes because I don't love it, and I know we hear it all the time, but it really is getting your affairs in order. So this is making sure you have your estate figured out, your will figured out, all of that kind of stuff. So for the month of January, I have a professional on each week who are in different areas of this pre-planning stuff to talk about the uh, the services that they offer and the importance behind pre-planning and what that might look like for you. So I have someone who's coming on to talk about funeral services. However, he speaks to funeral services a little bit differently and you'll hear that in the interview. I also have coming up, someone coming on to talk about estate planning, the importance of doing pre-planning, when to start that, why we want to start that early, all of that. And I also have two lovely ladies who are going to talk about legacy planning and the importance behind that and what that looks like. So this is just to give you some ideas on where to start pre-planning because it can be very overwhelming. I know I have to get my affairs in order. I know I have to do all this stuff, but I don't know where to start. I don't know what that looks like. So I have professionals coming on each week this month to talk to you about this stuff and give you resources and start giving you a direction if you don't already have it on how to navigate this anticipatory grief from the planning side of things. And then hopefully some of the stuff we talked about in this episode help you navigate it from a therapeutic side of things. And I also have a bunch of different resources in the show notes below 
to expand on some of the stuff that I just briefly touched on for you to get some uh, more understanding around that stuff. As always, if you have questions, comments, concerns, anything, please reach out to me. I love to connect with my listeners. My email is in the show notes below. You can also connect with me on Instagram at best self therapy or at exposing underscore grief. I'd love to connect with you. I want to talk to my listeners and hear what you're saying, but I hope you found this useful and I hope this is a nice way to kind of kick off the new year of feeling prepared for with whatever might come. There is also a little bit more of a hopeful approach to the new year um, where I talk about grief wishes. So I've put that in the show notes below as well for you to start building some grief wishes for 2023 as opposed to resolutions. Happy new year. If it's a happy one, if not, Welcome to 2023. I wish you all the best. We have all sorts of different content coming this year. So please stick around. Thank you for tuning in and we'll chat next time. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Exposing Grief. I want you to know that you are playing an important part in removing that stigma of grief and in turn creating a world where expression of love for our living and deceased loved ones is acceptable and welcomed. For that, I am forever grateful to you. If you resonated with this episode today, please share it with someone you believe would benefit or I welcome any and all reviews so it's easier for others who need this hope in their life to find me. Here's to honoring your grief journey and empowering others to do the same. Until next time.